Ah, Grand Moth Tarkin, I am honored by your visit. Welcome to Grand Moth Tarkin! This is a delicately curated, long-form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga tailored to the modern fanatic, brought to you lovingly and weekly increments by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your hosts, Riley, which is myself, and Jake, which is myself. And that's all that's here today. Just the two just of us. Just the two of us. Just the... We can make it, you and I. Just it the takes, two of us. It takes two, babe. You and I. Yeah. 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 I mean, listen, Jasmine's not here. Jasmine's not here. She couldn't be here today. Well, no, we got to get into this because <laughs> we said that on our last episode, yeah, it's true. last couple episodes, but we do need, we have a little pod grooming that we got to take care of right, pod off, right off the bat. Um, Jasmine's dead. No, no, that's no, no. That's not a funny joke. She's not it's dead. It's funny when Isaac's dead, but it's not funny when Jasmine's dead. It's not funny when Jasmine's dead. Jasmine's not dead. She's just incredibly busy with her real important life and yeah. not this unimportant podcast life. Jasmine regrettably has a life. She, yeah. Me and Riley don't. Jake and I do not have lives, so we are able to record together. Our life is waiting until the week we get to record Grandma off talking. You know, you know what? Not far from Not the truth. Not far from the truth. <laughs> we do enjoy this a lot. Not to say Jasmine doesn't enjoy it, but she's just too busy. So yeah. for a little while, it's just going to be your boys, Riley and Jake. <laughs> uh, hopefully, she will be back. Hopefully, Isaac will be back someday. They're we'll always all welcome. be one happy family. They're always welcome to come back. Boy, they're dropping like flies. They're Riley. dropping like flies. Pretty soon, it's just going to be Jake talking in your ears. Are you starting to think it's it's us? The thought has crossed on, my mind. I put on deodorant. I put yeah. on cologne before. No, I, I know. I in. noticed. Yeah. Do you think it's too much cologne? I think it was too much. I think that's the problem. Oh, shoot. You need to cut back on the cologne. I'm always worried bit. about that. Yeah. No. All jo- I just don't want to smell bad. All joking a salad. She's just gone for a little bit because she's busy. And maybe she'll be back someday. We hope to have her back. Jasmine, if you're listening, I hope you're still listening. Unlike mm, Isaac, who doesn't yeah. listen. Uh, I think I think Jasmine will listen. I honestly think Jasmine Because I think she's listen. actually our friend. I think she actually likes us. Isaac, I'm not so sure. I think sure. Jasmine actually likes seeing the show and yes. Isaac is mean. Yeah, that's what I think <laughs> is true. But anyway, shout out to Jasmine. I held out hope for so long, but I know where host is gone. No one's ever really gone. I'm talking a salad. Do I wear too much cologne? I've never noticed cologne. No, if, okay. if we're being serious here, okay. if this is a real moment, I want to be serious. Do you wear cologne? I, I've never noticed. Ah, uh, now I'm insulted. <laughs> In fact, you just smell like armpits. Uh, no, but you smell like an armpit that someone has put cologne on. Okay, well that's my plan. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Good. <laughs> I think we've got that settled. <laughs> Wow, our show's- I asked Chelsea what your favorite cologne was, and I put that on. <laughs> Don't worry, everyone. Our show's still going to be good, even without Jasmine. <laughs> yeah. As you can tell. Um, you'll notice it being good from this point onward. Right. No bad episodes, 2019. Yeah, and this is really going to be a good one, because yeah. we're talking about the third new Jedi Ooh, Order book. And we 
liked this book. We like this book. If you haven't listened to our previous episodes discussing the new Jedi Order, or if you haven't read these books, that's fine. That's fine. We'll recap the pretty We'll details. recap a little bit. I mean, because not that much has happened. No, not frankly. really. Not really. A big thing has happened is that Chewie's died. Chewie did die. And, and that was sad. That was sad. And there's a group of aliens called the Yuzhan Vong. Yes. Who are immune to the Force mm-hmm. that are invading the galaxy. Yes. That's it. That's it. That's all it's happening. We've got all of our heroes who are trying to figure out what to do about surviving this attack. Yeah. So we have talked about so far, like if you did want to go back and listen, we talked about Vector Prime. Which was, I think, our favorite book so far. Our favorite three so books, far. It was the best one. Although right? I like this one a lot. I like this I'll one. To be honest. But Vector Prime is just so Vector good. Prime is probably the best one. The second book is called Star Wars New Jedi Order Dark Tide 1. Onslaught. Onslaught. Yes. Confusing. Very confusing. Even what's though it's what, the second what's, book. What's this one called? The third book. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take a deep breath. Yes. It's called Star Wars New Jedi <laughs> Order <laughs> Dark Tide 2 mm. Ruin. Yes. By Michael Stackpole. Here's what I would say to improve this book by 10% already. Yes. Just call it New Jedi Order Ruin. Ruin. Yeah. Absolutely no need to connect this book. Let's no assume need. that if it's a series, that each book follows the next. Yes. The only <laughs> thing that connects this book more than this connects with the rest of the series is that it has the same writer as the last one. <laughs> yes. And I feel like he wanted to make sure everyone knew these two books were him. Yeah. And I've got some things to say about Stackpole later on as we get into it. Yeah. Yeah, we but might both have some things to say about We might have some things. Uh, but let's... I, what I want to do, okay. um, because if you're a new listener, you maybe you haven't read this series maybe you haven't listened to the previous episodes we've talked about that's fine one of the delightful things about this series is that in the front of every book and i i'm like being super genuine here there is a like there is in a playbook when you go to the theater yes like you're there is a dramatis personas sai i did not say that right <laughs> we practiced this so many times I, and i said it way more wrong than i've ever said it yes riley take a stab at this dramatis personae Sure. Is what I'm going to say. Or, Jamati Persona Sai. That I keep also on adding work. an extra S. You're, what you're, am I doing? A, yeah, there's only one S in Persona. Oh, my goodness. Or Persona. My Listeners, wife rubs off on me. Like, she always adds, like, an extra syllable to stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if you're listening, thank you. Yeah. Second, tweet at me, at Riles Bowman. Personally, my account. Follow me and tweet at me. Is it Persona or Persona? Yeah, and follow our main account. At mm. Yeah, don't follow that. Nah. I won't even finish it. Don't even worry about Don't following follow the main account. It. I just haven't had a new follower that wasn't a bot in a long time. So yeah. I would just like a real human follower. Yeah, please. you keep on getting a bunch of Russian I do get election a lot interferers. Of, I get a lot of those, honestly. <laughs> and they're all in bikinis. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. So I would like a real follower, please. Yeah. But anyway, like a play, there is a like playbill of all of the major characters and a description of them in the front yes. of every one of these new Jedi Order books. And it's so smart it's great like there's that and there's a little map of the galaxy maybe before we get into the characters riley Mm -hmm. give us like a little synopsis like what's the simplest nugget of what this series is the the whole series yeah like what's what's the main trajectory of this series well i would say star wars had reached a point in 2001 to whenever this started Started in 1999 that's right 99 was vector prime it had kind of reached a point where in 
the books, like the movies were about to start something new that had nothing to do with Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, any of those things. So those were all gone from the movie landscape. Right, the prequels are coming out. Prequels are coming out. We're focusing on something new in the movies. And I feel like we'd reached a point in the books, oh, the Thrawn trilogy is done. The the books after the Thrawn trilogy are done. The X-Wing series is done. We've done about as much as we can with the rebellion and the remnants of the Empire. And our heroes have reached a point where they're kind of unbeatable. Like, they are... They've beaten everything that's been thrown at them. You know, once you once you defeat the emperor, once you defeat the the remain the emperor's clone, once you defeat a master tactician like Thrawn, there that's no long, longer a challenge, and you have a, a new Jedi Order. Literally, not just the book series, but you have a new Jedi Order that's coming into play, and there are thousands of Jedi again, and they're powerful, and they're kind of unruly. They're not like the Jedi of old. And so what do we do to throw a wrench into the galaxy's plans now? Now that we sort of have relative peace, now that we have the Jedi back, what do we do to present a challenge to these people? Well, you throw something at them that they've never seen before, an outside force from outside the galaxy that's unlike anything they've ever had to fight that cripples their their ability to rely on the force because the, the Yuzhen Vong cannot be felt in the force. You can't predict what they're going to do. You can't even really use the force against them, like to push them or anything. Mm-hmm. So it presents a brand new challenge to our main heroes and our, our superhuman heroes in the Jedi for them to overcome this, this unstoppable force is what it seems like. Yeah. That was way longer than a simple synopsis that yeah. I was thinking of. <laughs> well, but you, know. you know what? It was pretty good. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of aliens are coming from another galaxy. <laughs> no, that was pretty simple. You can't use the force against them. Yeah. That's basically it. That's basically and it. And we have a lot of new It's been characters. so long since I've recorded an episode. I just wanted to talk <laughs> for a talk. while. Hey, take a walk <laughs> in my shoes for a day. <laughs> um, yeah. So we have a lot of new characters obviously we we do yes. have han luke and leia chewie does die in the first book right big deal that's a big deal and at this point in the series this is way after the original trilogy mm-hmm. uh luke is the legendary jedi master that he describes himself as being in uh, the last jedi for instance mm-hmm. leia is a senator I believe, right? She's, I don't think she is anymore. Maybe I think not she's a I think she's kind of nothing. She's nothing. No, I think she's like been awarded a lifetime achievement award, but I don't <laughs> yes. think she holds an official she position. She doesn't have an official government yeah. position. Right. And Han is Han. Yes. Han but is always going to be Han. He's just Han. But Chewie dying has obviously left uh Han very distraught and, yeah. and it is the Yuzhan Vong who are responsible yes. for Chewie's death. Chewie was trying to save Han's son, Anakin. And that's another thing we should establish. Han and Leia have three children. Mm -hmm. Jason, Jaina, and Anakin. Jason and Jaina are twins. Mm -hmm. Anakin is younger. younger. And they are kind of the main characters of the series. They kind of are. We're going to follow their path. Like, each... Each story, depending on the writer, I feel like each writer is going to have their own character that they focus on. This oh, one, yes. this one, unfortunately, has a character I don't like that we focus mm-hmm. on. But, mm-hmm. but the overarching plot of the New Jedi Order is not just the 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 Jedi Order being established, but mainly through the eyes of Jason, Jaina, and Anakin. Yeah, and what they do. This is kind of your original like sequel trilogy almost, where 
our original heroes are older, wizened. Yeah. Or wizened, depending <laughs> on how you pronounce that word. Well, that and makes me think of P. <laughs> that wizened is a crazy old man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then you have our new young protagonist. Yes. So, I, I, and I, as we discussed this book, it seems clear to me that Ray was very inspired by Jaina. Yeah. She and is. Down Kylo, to the Down to the good pilot and everything. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Kylo, I think, is very inspired by Jason. Jason. He's very Jason post New Jedi Order, yeah, but we'll, but yeah, we'll yeah. get into it. Or late Jedi Order. Late Jedi, yes. And uh, Anakin is a guy. Anakin is, yeah. He's There's, there. There are shades of, of Rey and, and Kylo in all three of these characters. Absolutely. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to talk about. Yes. Instead of doing like a rote plot by plot yeah or plot by plop synopsis <laughs> shout out to jasmine again or synopsis because Un- unlike um well a-, a lot like our last episode about this series that book also didn't have a whole lot of plot or plop or plop yeah and this one doesn't have a lot of plop yes now i feel like this one ends with a a turning point in everything yeah but it as far as like things are just kind of happening and our characters are still getting well i mean the the name of the series is dark tide so this is the tide coming in things are happening and i think from here on out it's going to be more action oriented things are going to be happening in in each book this is still setting things up totally i mean the first book is is basically it's an invasion story there are these aliens invading from another galaxy this duology here is our hero is gathering intel on this new threat. Yes. This species called the Yuzhan Vong. They're coming in. What are they all about? What do they want? Why are they here? Can Why we, are they Can take, we reason with them? Can we reason with them? What are their weaknesses? Yeah. What is their goal? Uh, that's what our heroes are trying to figure out. And I thought the maybe the best way to do this would be to go through the characters and kind of see what their story is through this yeah. book. I like that. Um, someone's vacuuming the walls next door. Someone's like. vacuuming the walls next door. That's what it sounds like to me. And I'll be honest, weird thing to vacuum. Weird thing to vacuum. Maybe don't vacuum They do have carpet all over their walls. So. <laughs> that might be why. <laughs> <laughs> they live in a carpet cube. Yes. Um, so, let's talk about the author. Okay. Michael Stackpole. Yes. Cue up the talk about the author theme. <laughs> Now, these build all kinds of tensions for us. So what I try to do is go to my typewriter and many days experiment with words to find out what my tension is. Do I need to laugh or cry on a particular day? I don't know. Sometimes I don't know. All because you dared to put on paper. You didn't even know the story was in you. But you go with it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, we caught some heat f- from our discussion last time talking about Michael Stackpole. Yeah, it turns out the one guy that reviews Star Wars podcast is the one guy that is a fan of Michael really Stackpole in the Michael entire Stackpole. world. I didn't realize we uh, we caught some heat from that. We did. He did not like us nice. being mean to Michael Stackpole. Gotcha. We, I, and I'll be honest, listening back to it, I don't think we were really mean to we Michael Stackpole. I think I said I like Aaron Alston more. <laughs> yeah, we're just like... And I like R.A. Salvatore more. We're a little but, ambivalent towards yes. Michael Stackpole. Yes. But he is the author of uh, the last book, onslaught in this book ruin and he is also part of the you know quote-unquote story group for the new jedi order series he's mm-hmm. the one who helped determine what the overall plot trajectory was going to be of this series 
So he's a huge player in this series, yeah. although I think this is his last Star Wars book he ever is going to go yeah. on to write. I think you're right. What do you think of uh, Stackpole? Now I feel bad that I know someone really likes Stackpole. <laughs> I don't dislike Stackpole. I like I dislike a couple things. I really enjoy the overall the overall stories that Stackpole does. He writes action as well as I think anybody. Um, I like. I can easily picture all of the action scenes in in the books when they're described. Give me your power rankings real quick of good action writers in Star Wars. I honestly can't think of a ton because I... I, I got guess, like three. Do you got three? I, I think a lot of Stackpole and I think of Aaron Alston because okay. those X-Wing series are just chock full mm-hmm. of action and dog fights. That's the driving force of the X-Wing series. And it could be very easy to to for that series to fall flat if you don't have people who can describe what the X-Wings are doing. Yeah, very yeah, well. for sure. Because that's what so much of that book is. So I think those two are probably my top tier of of writers as far as... I want this person to write about what's happening. I think you always have to mention Matthew Stover. Yep. Um, yep. He's another one who I really enjoy. I, I enjoy everything. Matt, he's probably overall my favorite Star Wars writer just in general. Yeah. Because I've liked every book he's written. Um, but he's another one who I think is very good at doing specifically action and making it easy to imagine in your imagination. <laughs> okay. I'm going to throw in... To the power ranking, I'm going to throw in like for me, maybe number one actually is Chuck mm-hmm. Wendig. That's I think good call. if there is something that Chuck Wendig does amazingly well, yeah, it's pacing and action. Yeah, that's that man call. is just like he's born to write Star Wars books. Like his action scenes are so incredibly well paced. Mm-hmm. I think him, I think um, Stover is next level. He is almost Tolkienian. In the way he writes, because like he just get a new Stover book. God, can why? we just get that? What amount? What amount of money wouldn't be a, an, enough to pay? For, like, like you can justify paying him any. I'm amount just of money. throwing this out there right now. Yeah. If Disney's listening, yeah, I would probably pay forty dollars for a new Matthew Stover book. Yeah, if, and that's if, a lot of money for a new book. I'll, I'll go new video game prices. I'll pay sixty bucks for a new okay. Matthew Stover yeah. book. I guess I'll I'll meet sixty you. bucks new Matthew Stover book if he writes the novelization of Episode Nine. Ooh. 60 bucks. I'll I kind of like bucks that, that, but I also kind of want him to write Ray's Jedi Academy. Ooh. Like, I want him to be the first one to tackle the, the Force users post nine. Holy cow. Most amount of money you'd spend on a Star Wars book. I would spend oh, man. a solid hundo on Matthew Stover's Ray Academy. Wouldn't that be amazing? That's pretty that's, good. That's pretty that's good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, man. I want okay. him to tackle the Force post nine. So Stover, so okay. Stover Stackpole, Stackpole, and Wendig, I think, are my yeah, top that's three. Claudia Gray is up there, mm-hmm. but her books just aren't as actiony. I think as other no, books. She's no. my favorite Star She's Wars author, Bloodline, right? Bloodline. And yeah, Princess I really Leia like. And I really Lost like Stars. Bloodline, but it's not an action book, but she's, it's a great book. Yeah, she's probably my favorite Star Wars author overall yeah. ever. But I just she, hers aren't as action. No, They're more that's character not, based. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool, cool. So Stackpole. Yeah, I really enjoy his action. I think that I think he excels at that. I think he does a really good job with grandiose philosophical force discussions yes i really enjoy all of the force discussion in this book and in the previous book um not so much in other books that he's done but that is because in other books he has been writing specifically about corin horn (laughs) yeah and i really cannot stand corin horn and to me that is what i i just 
I can't get over with Stackpole is his obsession with this character he created that he just loves. Yeah. And I really cannot stand Corrin Horn as a character. And so I that that's where my problems begin with Stackpole is that and we were talking about this is his normal dialogue yeah. in this book. When you have Anakin and Mara philosophizing on the uh, on the Force, I really enjoy it. And they're saying all of these Jedi platitudes, and they're, mm-hmm. ev- everything's really dramatic, and it sounds kind of cool, and I like that. But when you have Han Solo talking to someone else, or you have Wedge talking to Gavin Darklighter, and it's still everything is said with that same grandiose style of speaking, and everything has to be not not even a one liner because I think of one liner as being like something funny, but like. Everything has to be important. Everything yeah. everyone ever says is important. And that can get a little... It, it makes me a little bit weary as I'm reading this normal dialogue. And his like his swings at humor are like... Yeah, as if like, you're of... swinging at a t-ball and like he swings like... He's a- accidentally at a different ballpark and there's yes. not even a tee set up. Like, his <laughs> yeah. humor just like does, does not, not work. work for me. No. But I'm totally with you on that one. Like his... If you are like me and you wish that the Yoda and Luke Dagobah scenes lasted was a whole movie. five hours yeah. Yeah. and like Luke talking to Ray about the forest was five hours, you're going to love everything Michael Stackpole did with the forest. Yes, All that stuff is fabulous. Yes. But when it comes to two people having a human conversation... It's a little rough. Yeah, it's they don't little... sound like they don't sound like humans ever. No, it's so do we want to talk about that specific line right now that we both? Okay, because this <laughs> yeah. is because this is an example. Do you have it there? Do you have it? Written I do. Down? I, okay. I have it here. This um, is an example of what we mean when we're talking about people are just talking. They're not talking about the force. They're not talking about like these are just two people having a conversation. And one of them throws this line out, and it both caught our attention as we were reading separately, and like. We we called this line out in particular. Yeah, he says a grand, and this is a person talking. This is corn. I think it's corn horn talking. He says, "Well, a gram of prevention is worth a kilo of cure." No, actually, it's Ganner. It's Ganner who says it too. Yeah, because context context for this is like Ganner's like he saves corn horn from something, and they're like, "Oh, I didn't think you liked him. I'm surprised you saved him." And we'll get into who Ganner is and everything. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And so he's like, well, <laughs> say it again. I can't even remember. It's a stupid. gram of prevention is worth a kilo of cure. So you could just say, I Strange. figured it was better to save him now than to rescue him later. Just like say something like that. Just throw something out that a normal person would say. Not a gram of prevention is worth a kilo of cure. Let's break down the math on this. <sighs> <laughs> what is the conversion of uh, cure to cure kilo to prevention? To, to prevention. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. I don't even know what grams and kilos are. Why are we hearing about grams and kilos in Star Wars? Yes. And I get what he's going for. It's a it's an interesting sentiment. I like the thought that well, you can fix you can prevent preventing something. It's in the same vein as like asking for forgiveness is easier than asking for permission or something like that. Like it's that type of saying, but the way that it is said is so clunky that it immediately takes you out of the situation. And that's all you focus on. The worst, in my opinion, there there's two examples of bad Michael Stackpole dialogue, mm-hmm. which exemplify why I think his dialogue is not strong as a writer. Again, I want to emphasize, I think overall he's a fantastic uh, yes, writer. We both like these books. And like, 
this is probably my favorite Star Wars theories I've ever read. It's so good. And, and we're only three in. in. large part, it's because of my yeah. stackable. So I'm not yeah. like throwing under the bus or anything. No. But l- l- let's read this line here. Han ran his hand down his face, losing him, meaning Chewbacca. You know, made me think what else I, I had that I could lose. That scared me the way I've never been scared before. I mean, me, Han Solo, scared. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not a thing a person would say. Like, it's... hey, Han Solo's a guy that's never scared. <laughs> me, me, Han, Han Solo. Solo. I mean, think of all the times in your life you thought, me, Jacob Kreitz, <laughs> afraid. <laughs> afraid in this moment? Me, Jacob Kreitz? <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> and then, like, a paragraph later, Jason sighed. We may be the Yuzhan Vong, but will my family survive the battle? Yeah. That's like the blurb on the back of the yes. book. Like, will Luke Skywalker right. defeat the Empire or will he cave in and give in to the dark side? That's Tune not something a week. person should say out loud. Yeah, that's like, that's okay if that's the theme of your book, but you can't have a character say that. You have the famous story of Harrison Ford telling George Lucas, you may be able to write this stuff, George, but you can't say it. Yes. Like when he would change lines or like make it more natural because like you, you can write this stuff down and maybe on paper it seems like a good idea, but when you actually... I listen to the audiobook. Yeah. So when I actually hear someone when say you hear these a human words, saying the dialogue, it's like, oh, that just fell really flat. And, and the narrator is good. really trying to make it work. He's trying. He's a good narrator. I like Wells, this reader. A very yeah. good actor. Yes. <laughs> he sounds exactly like Orson Welles. <laughs> yeah, he's narrating he, the book. He does a great job of reading, but you can't make those lines work out loud. And I think, in comparison, after reading Vector Prime, where I think. Salvatore excelled at dialogue. Yeah. I think everybody, every character felt like their character in that book. When Han Solo spoke, it felt like something Harrison Ford would say. When Luke spoke, it it felt like something Mark Hamill would say. I think in comparison to Salvatore, the dialogue in this book is a little bit worse. Yeah, for sure. I still like the book, but it's just like, it it was kind of, it's kind of, that's kind of a low point for me is, is just, I don't think Han Solo would ever say what he says in this book. If this is a new movie, and I'm Kathleen Kennedy, I'm bringing in Lawrence Kasdan for rewrites. I'm yes. like, hey, the story is great. Story's good. I'm going to bring in somebody to work on this dialogue. Yeah. It's not working. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's our feeling on Michael yes. Stackpole. A great writer. Some, dialogue. I don't. I wonder if he's ever had a conversation someday, with someone. <laughs> true. <laughs> someday I hope we can dive in a little bit to the X-Wing series, because I, I, like, I would like to get into those way down in, way in the future. So this, we've got a lot of books to go in this series. Yep. But um, I really like I really like Stackpole from the X Wing series. That's probably my favorite series. But yeah, it's it, this. That's just the the lowest point is probably the dialogue overall. Good book, good writer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's go to the characters. The first, <laughs> and are we to believe? That this is billing in order of importance. That that is that really blew my mind. Because it's not alphabetical. It's not alphabetical, but Gavin shows up in about one percent of the audiobook. And I almost thought it was alphabetical in terms of last name, but then you got Wedge Antilles there, second to last. Yeah. I wonder if it's because I I didn't look, but this seems no because there's new characters. I was gonna say yeah. maybe um, the billing for the last book and this book are the same. No. Because Gavin had a big part in the last book, but right. he doesn't have as much as a big part in this book. But anyway, there he is, Gavin Darklighter. First one, Gavin Darklighter. His description, Rogue Squadron Colonel, Human Male. I love this. Why don't they do this in books now? This is good. This is so I, good. I, I want to be very clear to Lucasfilm. Bring this Bring back. Bring it back. And let's talk about our dream for Star Wars books. Yes. 
If you're going to release it, it is a literally a million dollar idea. Lucas, I think this is Jeff Probst looking into this. Lucasfilm could Lucasfilm make a million this? dollars from this idea. I think so. If you're going to release an ebook, here's what you do: you link every name, every creature, every ship design, every planet to its corresponding Wikipedia article. Yes. Because when I read the word Aqualish, I'm like, what is What is I don't that? know what that creature is. But when you see if a you picture on it, and you're like, you're like oh, oh, it's a guy from the cantina. That guy from the cantina, I know exactly what yes. that guy is. And you can picture it in your head. Yes. A million dollar idea. You just click on a name. Yeah. You, you highlight it. Even if it's just like the dictionary and it gives you a one paragraph blurb yeah, of yeah, what that yeah. word means. In every <sighs> ebook, you can highlight a word and look at the dictionary. Yes. I want... Star Wars books, you highlight a word, it takes you to Wikipedia. You could make a million dollars. A million dollars. I don't know how you're making a million dollars. Maybe you charge a little bit more for the ebook. You charge a little e-book. bit more for the ebook. And you got to assume. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't want to spend Actually, more money. I don't have that much money. I don't want to spend more money, but I just want this. Well, we had the idea, so you give us a discount on the Ooh, ebooks. Ooh, perfect. Anyway, good idea. We solved it. Yeah. The first credited character is Gavin Darklighter. Right. I would argue that this is not the number one character in this no. book. Now, you, I did not have time to read the whole book. You Did you flip through and read a lot of the book? Yeah, I read most of the book. So is he in any more of that? Because he seriously is, is in about one paragraph of the <laughs> audio book. He's in a book. decent amount of the book. Okay. I mean, he's not a main character, but he's in a decent amount okay. of the book. So how do you feel about Gavin Darklight? Because I have a lot of thoughts about Gavin Darklight, but I have a history with him. Okay, well, I was hoping that you could give me some information. Because okay. like, I'm I'm looking at Gavin Darklighter. He is a, as we said previously, a Rogue <laughs> Squadron colonel. Yes. Now, he is I mean, the leader Rogue of Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron, that's like your... That's in, in A New Hope. That's a squadron that's coming in. Yes, so they were the Death Star. they were Red Squadron. Then. Red Squadron, but they they changed their name to Rogue By Squadron. By Empire, they are now By Rogue Empire. Squadron. Yes, in one of the the Colonel. They are the premier. They are like if premier. you need the premier. They are if you need a, a squadron of fighters to go in and do a job. Yeah, you send Rogue Squadron. They're gonna get it done. And the guy who's the colonel, the best of the best, <laughs> the guy who's the colonel. That's that's Gavin Darklighter. Yes. He's the Biggs he's the leader, dad or something. Biggs his brother. Okay, so. Gavin Darklighter was part of the second wave of of Rogue Squadron of the book series. Okay. Let me give you my read on him. Okay. Give me a read. He's a white guy who exists. True. Okay. That's the only- 100% so far. Only character trait I am able to, uh, like, figure out based on- He might have a mustache. I don't know. I think he might have a mustache. He might have a mustache if he wants to be like his brother. Maybe. Um, No, when when the, the Rogue Squadron series starts, he's not part of the group. He's very young. His brother Biggs is already dead by that time because Rogue Squadron starts after Return Makes of the Jedi. Makes sense to name the older brother Biggs. Yes, because he is. Big. Know, He's gonna be bigger. I'm gonna keep that in mind when I name my children. Name one. Name the bigs. first one. Bigs. Second one. Smalls. Slightly less bigs. Okay, and then smalls. <laughs> and then smalls. And then tiny. <laughs> then tiny. <laughs> and hopefully tiny will be fat. And uh, Donkey Kong. Donkey character. Kong. Um, and then Donkey Kong Junior. And then <laughs> Diddy, Dixie, Diddy. Funky. And the cranky. best and the best one, cranky, lanky, lanky is better, and chunky. And They're chunky. both good. They're all good, honestly. Yep. Name a bad Kong, I dare you. Can't do it. Candy Kong. I she's kind of weird. Candy's not so great. She's kind of weird looking. <laughs> yeah, and, she's like, not so great. The people who designed her had I have some, some problems issues. With Candy yeah. Kong. Okay. Anyway, this has been Kong Corner on Grandma Talking. <laughs> Play the theme for Kong Corner. Donkey Kong. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, that's a good song. Kong. Um, 
So, Gavin Darklighter, he joined in the second wave of the Rogue Squadron books. The first wave comes in, they do a mission, a lot of them die, kind of. Not a lot of them, but some of them die. A wave, like a dark tide? Like a dark tide. (laughs) But pretty early on, another trait of Rogue Squadron is that they die a lot because... (laughs) Yes, I've noticed this. You know, this. this, this just happens. So... He comes in later on, and they don't want him to join because he's only 16 years old. He's a lot younger than Biggs was, and because this is after Return of the Jedi. So he was a, a toddler when Biggs left for A New Hope or whatever, and um, he comes in, and it's a he Wedge doesn't want him to join. Wedge is rogue leader at that point, but eventually he's just such a good pilot. He's like probably even a better pilot than Biggs was. So they let him join when he's 16 and he's part of Rogue Squadron and, and part of the, the New Republic. Um, so then he just kind of works his way up the ranks. And eventually when when Wedge retires, then he's just sort of the one there that has been with the squadron for a long time. He's a great pilot. He's a good leader. And he just sort of steps into that leadership role um, of, of Rogue Squadron. So I, I like Gavin a lot, but I have a lot of history with Gavin starting out as a kid. Okay. And going through that whole X-Wing series where he continually shows up and he's great and he's cool and and i like gavin and these books he's just kind of it's kind of assumed that you know who gavin is and that you like yeah you don't get you don't get to like a lot about him in these books if you've never read a book prior to this like imagine jumping into infinity war having not seen a single marvel film but but here's why i like this series because gavin could be anybody in this he could be he's his name could be marcus jones yeah and he could be the leader of rogue squadron and that's all you need to know and you get and everything's the same and his name is marcus jones and it doesn't matter mark jones but i like that it's gavin darklighter so while i'm reading this book i'm like i'm thinking of the things that gavin has done in the past you don't need to know anything that gavin's done in the past okay but for me that adds a little bit and i'm like oh i really like gavin he's cool nice um i know i have the history of him of his rise to the leadership position in Rogue Squadron. And that's what I like about this series. When they throw in a character, it's probably someone who's been there before. And it, and it makes it feel more like the Marvel Universe. Like you said, that you could have a random person in here, but it's somebody you know, and it all feels connected. Yeah. I like that. Okay. That's Very me. good. That's my take. Very good. Next character on the Next list. Next character. We didn't talk about him because he doesn't do much. Is Corin Horn. Oh, boy. Do we have to start with this already? The big boy. The big boy. The, the big, big horn. Boy. The big horn. Horn dog and the kid. <laughs> Corin Horn, Jedi Knight, Rogue Squadron, human male. Yeah. He plays a huge role in this book. He's a Jedi. He's the coolest Jedi or to Jedi ever Knight, exist. Jedi Knight, in fact. Yeah. And we talked no, about No, he's a Jedi this. master, isn't he? It says knight it in the knight, description in the dramatis personae. Okay, for some reason I thought they called him a master, but I guess that so. well, it seems to me like people like in the Star Wars movies will call people master so when and so. Not. Yeah, even just like to be nice, right? Cornhorn uh, is like the linchpin of this entire book. Yeah, and we talked about it last time. Oh, I notes here, I got notes. We talked about it in in onslaught, part one of this duology. And you kind of brought to our attention that he was like the greatest space cop ever. Yes. But he gave all that up to be an ex with Because he's such a good guy. Because he he's such a good guy. Yeah. He's like, well, it's not right. Like, I'm, I'm going to join the cop. rebellion. Yeah. And then he became the greatest rebellion pilot ever. He's such ever. a good pilot. And, but wh- hang on a second. <laughs> What's going on? I'm feeling something in my in my very bones. I'm one of the greatest Jedi of all time, it's amaz- too. It's amazing. So he's kind of... 
like Michael Stackpole's boner personified. Yes, he really is. He's like he really is. I like he is what an actual Mary Sue. The Sue's. way the way Luke treats him in this book makes me want to barf because Luke oh like my it, it's God. like Luke worships the ground that Corin walks on. He does. Honestly, I think at a certain point he makes out with Corin Horn's toes. There he does. <laughs> it, it's weird. It's worse than the scene in the Last Jedi when yep. he drinks from the nipple. Yeah. It, imagine he drinks straight from the nipple, and that's what happens to the corn horn. With his foot. With his foot. No, it's it's the way that he is treated with such gravitas in this book. Yeah. As like it's it's infuriating because I don't like corn horn. I think he's a I think he's a wuss. No, I don't like he's he's just like I could beat him up. He, no. I, I could totally take him. No, I, I guess with corn horn, my thing is, I, I'm a person who didn't read Star Wars books star prior to starting our podcast. Yeah. And then I read like some Young Jedi Knights book. I read the Thrawn trilogy. Smash cut to this book. There's some guy named Corn Horn, and mm. everybody has the biggest hard on for Corn yes. Horn. And I'm like, what's so great about this guy? And he's just like a guy. He's he, just like a normal dude. He's just a normal who dude. Who has like a slight sense of humor. Yeah. He just seems like way worse Kyle Katarn to me. Yes, he very much is way worse Kyle Katarn, which is funny because Kyle shows up in this series later. Oh, Kyle's, I can't wait. Kyle's like an actual character in the new Jedi I can't Order. Way for Kyle Katarn. I know. It's amazing. But but Corrin is just like, what if Kyle Katarn, but everyone liked him more? But I wrote him. <laughs> but I wrote him. <laughs> I, I made it. I have I have I only wrote notes on Corrin Horn. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem with him is that he is, I think he is a Mary Sue because oh for sure you and I don't like that phrase because it has lost all meaning. But what I mean when I say Cornhorn is a Mary Sue is that this is a character that Stackpole created, and Stackpole has complete control over because when Aaron Alston took over the X Wing series, Stackpole didn't want him to stick with Rogue Squadron. Oh. And didn't want him to write Corn Horn. He wanted to be the only one to write Corn Horn. He's like, that's my baby. So at that point, Stackpole left that. He went to go write a book called I Jedi, which is all about Corn oh, Horn yeah. learning to mm-hmm. become a Jedi. And Alston took over and had to create a new squadron. He created Wraith Squadron, which I like a little bit more. Wraith Squadron's cool. Wraith? Wraith. Okay. Yes, with a Like dub. a ring with wraith. With a dub. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and so. Horn is Stackpole's baby, and he only—he's the only one who can write him. Like he might show up in other books past this, but I don't think he's going to be a major player Stackpole anymore. Stackpole is because like Stackpole's like that's mine. Seriously, typing yes. on a typewriter by candlelight, saying, "It's me." Yes, it's kind me. Of. But he's always right in the narrator's eyes. Not that there's a narrator, yes. but like when things are when Corn he does Horn something, it is has, the right thing to do. He's literally never made a mistake. No, he doesn't. He might be the greatest of all time. He might be per Michael Stackpole. Yes, um, there is a there is a section that stuck out to me in particular, where um, which we're not going to go through the whole plot, but there are these trees that the Yuzhen Vong are allergic to on Ithor. That's what they call it. Yes, where the Ithorians live. I always now Ithorians are like the lizard guys, right? No, Ithorians are the hammerhead guys. Hammerhead guys with the shoot. eyeballs on the side. Of yes, the, head. From um, the canteen is here. Yes, so. Their planet, they're very in touch with nature and everything, and they have these trees on their planet that they describe as like semi-intelligent, sentient mm-hmm. trees. They're not fully intelligent, but they are alive. It's and like whatever. the tree from Avatar. Yes, and so a plot point in this book is that the pollen from those trees 
causes an allergic reaction in the living armor that the Yuzhen Vong wear. Which, by the way, is just called crab armor. Yes, they do just call it, they're like Vodun crabs With or something like that. With all of the creative names that Star Wars has, <laughs> yeah. the Yuzhen Vong, the main enemy of the series, just has crab armor. Yes, I can, I can picture, I had that armor in Skyrim. Like, it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I had some crab armor. So... But it, it's kind of an interesting plot point. It's kind of cool. There's a weakness that they that they the good guys have discovered that they're allergic yeah, to this pollen, yeah. and the the armor swells up and like suffocates the Vong inside. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool. So they don't want the Vong to figure out. That's why they won this particular battle. That it's that they're allergic to the to the pollen. So Corrin Horn says we need to burn this forest down so that they can't discover that's what it was. We'll we'll get the Literally pollen from somewhere else. Quoting Michael. Um, Keen, Michael Keen. What are we talking name? about? What's his name from the Dark Knight series? From the Dark Knight series, who's who's Alfred? Kane. Michael Kane. <laughs> Michael Kane. Michael Kane. Michael Kane. Michael Michael Kane. <laughs> when Bruce asked him how he Bruce. caught the robber who stole the gem that was the size of a tangerine. They burn the forest down. They burn the forest down. Yeah. That's all I want to say. I'm really glad we went that whole way for that joke. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. Um, so he wants to burn this forest down. And Jason is like, we can't. They're semi-intelligent. These are like living trees. We might find a tree the size of a tangerine. And, and he's like, and Jason is like kind of. trying to appeal to even their practical side aside from like the whole you can't kill a bunch of living things just to keep something else from discovering them like that's not a good thing to do the prime directive he says the prime directive he says um but like jason's like from a practical he's like what if it's just this one um group of trees who evolved in this specific way what if it's just in their dna that that they're allergic to that pollen we can't destroy it and corn's like no we have to destroy it and so and that is played as far as like the narration of the book. Corin's on the right side, and Jason is on yeah, the wrong we're side. We're supposed to believe Corin, right? And me reading this, I'm like, no, I I don't agree. I kind of yeah. agree with Jason. We probably shouldn't kill all those millions of living things mm-hmm. just to stop the Yuzhen Vong from discovering it. Like, no. What? But but Corin is is portrayed as being on the right side and not in danger of like. That's kind of like getting a little dark. Like I feel yeah. like if you're sacrificing millions then that's kind of flirting with the dark side a little bit or at least not yeah not a very good jedi but it's played as like a good thing so that's just an example of like cornhorn can do no wrong when it comes to this book yeah yeah cornhorn is like just dash rendar on crack kind He's of like, yeah i'm the coolest strongest guy ever and it ends with him kind of being ostracized because they they fail in their the mission. Killer of Ithor. Yes, Ithor dies, and it's because even though it's not really his fault, he made a deal with the lead, the leader of the Yuzhen Vong yeah. of this invasion. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that, and and so it all kind of comes crashing down, and Ithor is destroyed, and he kind of gets the blame from um, the New Republic as being the one who made this decision about why things went wrong, and if we'd done this differently, maybe it wouldn't have been destroyed. Um, but again, it's portrayed as well. All the Jedi are saying, well, it's not his fault, but he just has to take the fall. He has to be the martyr because Cornhorn's such a good guy. And Luke's like, no, you can't do this, Corn. We can't lose you. And I'm just like, no, this yeah. is, it's kind of when, whenever Cornhorn is on the page, it turns into fan fiction. I, so I was trying to think of like a pop culture 
uh, like analog to Corrin Horn. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like, because like the experience of reading this book, because Corrin Horn keeps showing up and you're like, ugh, why am I supposed to care about this guy? Yeah. And it's sort of like, if you're watching like Black Panther, there's all these really cool characters, but then all of a sudden, the director's like, no, 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 no. You're really supposed to care about Martin Freeman's boring <laughs> white guy character. Right. <laughs> it's like, no, he's actually the most important guy. He's actually very guy. Yeah. You're like, wait, no, what about King T'Challa? He is, he is the main <laughs> he's guy. He's the king. He's like, the black guy. No, 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 no. Martin Freeman's really the guy you're supposed to pay attention to. You're like, no, but he's so boring and lame. Yeah. That's kind of the only analog yes. I could think No, that's of. fair. Yeah. That's fair. Because like, you have Luke on screen saying all, or on screen, on the page saying all kinds of cool things. You have Jason and Anakin talking about things. And you're like, well, this is very interesting. I like where this is going. And then Corrin is like, hey, guys, yeah. here I am. <laughs> Look at me. I'm cool. Yeah, I'm cool. They call me Silverblade. The Yuzhen Vong, like. He has he a becomes, silver lightsaber. He, like, becomes so respected by his, like, fighting skills with the Yuzhen Vong that they have, like, a nickname for him. They call him Silverblade. And I'm just like, no, you're not cool. I Stop. don't love this. I don't, I don't love Corrin in this guy. Book. Yeah. Thankfully, it's not great. Thankfully, he's not. He's in more of this book than he is the last one, I think, which is a shame. Yeah, he's like the main character of this book, unfortunately. He kind of is. He wasn't in the last one, but he's kind of the main character of this book, and that's that's a shame. It's a bummer. Okay. It's a bummer. So, next character, we have... I could talk about Cornhorn all day. Yeah, me so too. <laughs> we don't love Cornhorn. Traced Crefe, New mm. Republic Admiral... Boffin male. Yeah. Now, you've heard of Boffins in Return of the Jedi. Many Boffins died. Many, many of them. And you're wondering, what are Boffins like? Turns out, they're big meanies and who are constantly dogs. trying to get in the way of now, our Kreef- Jedi friends. Now, not Kreefe. Yes, Kreefe. No, Kreefe is a good dude. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you thinking of Borsk? Yes. You're thinking of Borsk. I'm thinking of Borsk. I'm so sorry. Kreefe is the general... Who like Oops. he sends he sends Rogue Squadron on a secret mission You're with right. with so in the last book Kreefe sent Gavin Darklighter and Rogue Squadron on this mission to where the Vong were invading because the uh, the New Republic is like we don't really believe this is happening we're not going to waste resources on this right Kreefe kind of goes against their orders and says oh I'm sending Rogue Squadron on a different mission to the same area yeah. and then it just so happens Rogue Squadron stumbles upon the Yuzhen Vong and and now the New Republic is where so he's the general who's kind of helping the Jedi out he believes what Leia is saying kind of like Admiral Raddus in Rogue yes. One oh, like no uh, that's a that's a yeah. great call yeah he is very much like Admiral Raddus in these books that is mm-hmm. a good call so he's he's a good Bothan which Bothans if you don't know what they look like they look like dogs they look much. like dogs they kind of look dogs. like dogs there's, a, dogs there's a fun Twitter account that is just called Is It a Bothan? Because they're waiting for <laughs> Bothans to show up in new canon. And oh, Bothans no. have not shown up in new canon yet. So, like, yeah, not officially. So, every time there's something that kind of looks like a Bothan, it'll just tweet, like, no, <laughs> with oh, a picture of man. it. So, I I'm waiting for this new Bothan. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's, very good. It's very good. Okay. Next guy Dane Leon. Yuzhan yes. Vong, warrior, male. Yes, he's our main baddie of this A lot book. of males so far, by the way. Lots of males. <laughs> Lots of males. Yuzhan Vong, these are the main baddies. I will be interested. I have not, I don't have the stats in front of me. But okay. I, I'm interested in how many women writers are involved in this series. Oh. I have a bad feeling. I think you might have a bad feeling about this. I have this. a bad feeling about this. I don't think there's a lot compared to the male writers. No. Yeah, unfortunately. I'm trying to, I'm hoping there's one. 
Yeah. And honestly, I'm at the point where I'm hoping there's one. I think there's one. Okay. I think there might be one. Or we'll see. I'm not crossing my fingers or yeah. anything. Anyway. I'm holding my breath. I am crossing my fingers. Yes. Yeah, Dane Lian. Dane Lian. He's a boring Yuzhen Vong bad guy. There's... He doesn't come to power to the end of the book. Yeah. No, he dies at the end of the book. Yeah, he also dies. <laughs> he comes to the power for like two seconds and then dies. Yes. He Here's... This book ends with our introduction to... War Master Zavang La at the very end of this book. La. This this Dane Lian is um he's just kind of your run of the mill. Here's here's how I would describe these books in terms that people of today's world will understand. These first two these first three books are filled with like three or four big baddies when it comes to the Yuzhen Vong. Um and they remind me very much of early Marvel villains like you cannot villains that leave like no impression from the Marvel yeah, movies, from like, the early Marvel movies. Like um, I don't whoever even, the robot guy was from the first Thor movie. Exactly. I honestly can't even remember who, what, what he fought in the first Thor movie. Some kind of robot thing. Really? What did he look like? He looked. This like, is not a bit. I don't he looked remember. Looked like the um, Isaac from Dead Space. Okay. Um, but a, a giant version. He fought him in like New Mexico. Cannot remember that, even <laughs> even slightly can't remember it. So that's what the Yuzhen Vong are in these first three books. You kind of have a, a bad guy of that book, and then he dies, and then a bad guy of the next book, and he dies. Yeah. This book introduces Thanos. Yes. This war master, Zavang Law, is going to be there, I think, until the end. Zavang La La Land. Zavang La La Land. Thank you. <laughs> and he's going to be our, our big buy. Big buy. Our big, big buy. Our big buy. Our big bad guy behind the scenes and in front of the scenes. And he's going to be like the guy that's kind of in charge of the Vong from here on out. So up until this point, kind of forgettable villains. And I'd put Dane, Lian in that same category. What about um, Dane Lee Han, the guy who played Green Goblin? What about Amazing Spider-Man 2? Dane Cook? Also yeah. a villain. Yeah. In real life. Dane shook how bad his comedy is. <laughs> <laughs> so Dane, he has some interesting moments. He's all about honor. He the problem is most of his interesting moments also involve Corin Horn. So they're ruined it by is that. Um but but he does give us a little more insight with his reactions to maybe the next guy. I don't know if it's going in order, but can we talk about Eligos? Yeah, let's talk about Eligos. He's not he kind li- of he's not listed here. So oh, he's not. Talk, okay. Which is insane. That is insane. He's yeah. a, like a major I would he's put like, him at like third. Yeah, absolutely. Um so there's this senator named Eligos Ak- Akla, I believe. Yeah. He is uh boy, this is why we need the dramatis personae, because I forget what species he is. But he's a senator, he's real good friends with Leia. Um, and he's he was also another guy who was on Leia's side from the very beginning about believing this invasion was happening. Um, and he goes, he comes from a pacifist society, and he goes, there has to be some way we can talk with these people. Because no one's even tried communicating with the Yuzhen Vong yet. Right. So he goes off on his own to meet with this Dane Lian, the 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 Yuzhen Vong bad guy of this book, to try and see if there's some way that they can do this peacefully yeah, find out just, what they're there for yeah what do you guys want what do these evil aliens yes. want because he i think he says even like you know we we're from such different places is this just a misunderstanding are we fighting for something that we don't realize we even did it's like maybe they just want a cup of coffee maybe they want a cup of coffee yeah you know calf 
It's calf. Words. You have to call it calf. And you got to go to Ithor to get the calf beans. To, yeah, and you got to go to Lando if you want hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> but so he ends up spending a lot of time with this Dane Leanne who kind of takes him hostage. And so through this Dane and through this... Um, which it is spelled D E I G N. So it's D-E-I- not. So it's not like Dane Cook. I just thought. Yeah, it's spelled like Diane out. Cook. Diane Cook. So he they spend a lot of time together, and through Elagos, the senator, and through this Dane Lian, we we understand a little bit more philosophy of the Yuzhen Vong, and they almost worship pain. They yes. don't. They don't worship. Um, combat. I mean, they, they combat is very important to them, and war is very important to them. But their their gods like demand pain as worship. Yeah, and it's very it, so we're kind of starting to get nuggets about what the Yuzhen Vong are all about, and it's mostly told through this Elagos Akla Akla and Dane Lian. Yeah, so he's one of the big bads of the book. Dane. Dane. Yes. Um, and then he dies at the end. I mean, then he dies. Corin kills him because Corin's the best. Yeah, Corin's amazing. He kills everybody. He kills everybody he ever yeah. wants. Okay. Who's next? Gilad Pelion, Imperial Remnant Admiral, human Ooh. male. Love now, this guy. If you've read the Thrawn trilogy, you know this is Thrawn's right hand man. Yes. Give me. Why do the Imperial Remnant still exist? What are they doing? They. What's the Empire doing right now? The Empire is kind of just existing right now. They're not. Your, they're not your father's empire anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if they were. <laughs> but they're, they're, I don't think they're, I think they're kind of happy with where they are. There's like a couple imperial run systems yes. and like that's it, right? Yes, there's, okay. they're, they're relegated to a small corner of the galaxy and I think the, the, the Republic and the Empire just kind of got to a point where they're like, I don't know why we're doing this anymore. We have our separate ways of living that we want to maintain. Let's just do that. Give us this little bit. We'll stay here. We'll keep our military force just because we don't want you to come in and take it away. Right. Um, and you guys do your own thing. We're not interested in taking you over anymore. Yeah. Obviously, there are It'd still- be kind of like if the Nazis now were like, give us Kentucky yes. and we'll leave everybody else alone. So at a certain point in this book, um, the New Republic doesn't want to use a Jedi anymore. Right. Jedi are becoming a controversial group of people. Yes, which they, for good reason. We should say the Jedi, lots of Jedi have, they are, they are kind of unruly and they yeah. they aren't doing things the Jedi way all the time. So they send Leia to try to work with the former Imperials, the mm-hmm. Imperial Remnant. One of which is Gilad Pelion. Yeah, he's kind of was, the commander of the yeah, military. Yeah, Thrawn's right hand man. Thrawn's dead now. Yep. So, uh, well, Pelion's there. He helps yeah. him out. How do you feel about Pelion? Because I was we, cool to see him again. I yeah. was excited. See, that's what I'm talking about with like Gavin. Like they could have yeah, just yeah, had yeah. a random Imperial general there. Yeah. But it's kind of cool that it's now all connected and you have Pelion. Oh, I was very excited. Yeah. I thought it was great. It was like, you know, seeing Red Skull again in <laughs> yes. Infinity War. Yeah, it's exactly. like, oh my God. I yeah. am so glad they brought him back. Yeah, yeah. it was great. Um, Shadow Shy. Shadow Shy. Shadow Shy. Wait a minute. Yuzhan Vong, commander, male. See, here's here's an indictment of how forgettable 
the Yujin Vong <laughs> villains are. Yeah. I'm pretty sure everything I said about Dane Lian, I was actually talking about Shadao Shai. Maybe. No, Who I'm knows? 100% sure now. Who knows? Shadao Shai is the bad guy that Corrin fights at the end and kills. Yes, that's true. They, yes. Yeah, that's so, definitely the guy that Corrin okay, fights Okay, so listeners, if you'll go back in your minds <laughs> five minutes ago, everything I said about Dane Lian, I meant yeah. Shadao Shai. Yeah. They are interchangeable, the bad guys in these in this book. Yeah, okay. He's the bad guy. He dies in a duel <laughs> he with dies in a duel, Horn. And Dane Lian takes over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dennis DeHaan takes over. Okay. <laughs> That's like, terrible. Like nine build in the playbill here. Uh, Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker. Jedi Master, human male. Where is he at in this book here? He's not doing a whole lot in this book. Um, no. He's not doing a whole lot. He's, he's being sad a lot. He's being sad a lot. Mopey Luke. Mara is still recovering, but she's doing a lot better. She was sick for some reason in the previous books. She was sick. She's getting better. Luke is getting better. Luke was fine. I don't know why I'm saying that. He was mostly fine already. Um. Yeah, he's kind of forgettable in this book. He doesn't have a whole lot to do. He's yeah. He's still... Um. It, it'll be interesting going forward to see... How he combats the the Kip Duran style of Jedi, the ones who are more reckless, the ones who care less about the Jedi code and the and the the sanctity of the Jedi Order, and care more about hey, we have these cool powers. At some point, I think I think he says in this book, it could be Corrin. I hope it's Luke who says it that um, this newer generation of Jedi, which include people like Anakin and Kip Duran and Ganner Rasode. As they call them in the audio audiobook. <laughs> yes, Rosode. Rosode. Um, these are more reckless Jedi, and it says they they all came up, they they grew up learning the force, and they grew up in a post imperial universe. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> they hear stories of what Luke and Leia and, and the rest of the rebellion did against the Empire, and they have these uh delusions of grandeur. To coin a phrase from Star Wars that was coined yeah, in real life. Yeah, definitely coined from Star Wars, Delusions <laughs> of Grandeur. But they they are they are hearing these stories of the way that Jedi would act in the past, and they never got to experience that because by the time they were around, the Empire was kind of an afterthought. So now they have this opportunity to go out and fight the new big bad guy of the universe, and they're they're kind of straying a um a sketchy path. As far as that, so Luke in this book is a lot thinking about how can I get to these these um, these Jedi who are kind of living on the edge, and what am I going to do going forward with the Jedi Order? I had a question for you. Yeah, sorry, I played footsie again. Fun. Where did all these Jedi come from? <laughs> I know, okay. I know. So Luke is the head of the Jedi Order. Yes, there's a like a, like a hundred Jedi or so. It talks about in the book. I jumped from the Thrawn trilogy to this. So, yes. like, we have Corrin Horn. We have all of these Jedi. Well, I think why Luke feels so responsible for what the Jedi are doing is the way Jedi or the way Luke set things up post, like, Je like Jedi Academy era. Even though those books are for kids and it doesn't really get into much because they're mostly focused on the three kids. What Luke did is he taught. He would bring someone into his academy and teach them about the force. Right. And and that person would eventually become a knight or a master. And then they're set loose on the galaxy and there's no governing body like, controlling what the, the Jedi do. do Jedi stuff somewhere. So then that guy, say Kip Duran, leaves mm -hmm. the Jedi Academy. He finds someone who's force sensitive. 
he starts to train that person. So now you've got, say, a hundred Jedi get trained at Luke's Academy, and they there's no governing body, there's no order really, mm-hmm. and they get sent out into the world and they start training people on their own. So you've got like a hundred people who train a hundred more people who then train these people. So it's kind of exploding and that's why Luke is kind of worried because there are so many Jedi and they're popping up so fast and they're not quote unquote Jedi because they're all they're not trained by a a, a, they're not directed by a single governing body like the Jedi Council yeah yeah. which is why he kind of wants he doesn't really want the Jedi Council because he didn't want to go back to the way the Jedi Order was right but he also sees the benefit of having a Jedi Council who sort of directs the Jedi's efforts in one in one direction, like the band. Yeah, like the band one direction, of course. So that's why there's so many Jedi, because it's just an explosion. Yeah. Exponential explosion. Of there's Jedi. a lot of Jedi. They're all running around doing crazy stuff. Luke has to be willing to rein him in yep. to fight the Yuuzhan Vong. Okay. Anakin Solo. Anakin. The youngest of the Solo mm-hmm. kids. He's still struggling in this book a little bit with Chewbacca's death. Now, I, I want to clarify still feels something responsible. real quick. Yeah. Jedi Knight and a human male. <laughs> okay, thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm glad to know that he's Jedi Knight and a human, human male. male. Yeah. The most important thing for me. So what are your thoughts on Anakin in this book? Anakin, having read the Young Jedi Knight's books, which we've talked about in the show, he was just always the precocious little kid. Yeah. Chewie died trying to save uh, Anakin in the first book, and... So far, Anakin has, has been wrestling with that. He's been yeah. wrestling with the fact that Chewie died trying to save him. And it kind of ruined his relationship with his dad. Yes. Han has been very distant His Anakin. relationship with Han has been very tense. Mm-hmm. A really cool thing happens with, with Anakin. I, I hope I can find this, this passage here. Anakin has been feeling haunted about Chewie's death. Haunted? Anakin has been feeling haunted about Chewie's death. <laughs> haunted. And haunted. That was my joke. I was <laughs> feeling haunted, haunted about it. Uh, I thought you were saying haunted. And no. I was like, oh, did I say haunt on accident? No, you said it right both okay. times. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to make the pun. So, and everyone keeps trying to tell him it's not your fault. And I can't remember the name of the character, but in the last book, there's like this empath, like Mantis from Guardians of the Galaxy, who's able to like tap into people's feelings. I don't and remember she this does person. this with Han. Oh, yeah. I, I know. It was like a, some senator person. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. It's not Eligos, though, it, right? Maybe it was Eligos. I thought it was maybe Eligos. It might have been Eligos. Okay. I can't remember. But people keep on trying to help out Anakin and Han, saying, like, it's not your fault. Yeah. Anakin in particular. So at, at an early point in this book, Jaina comes to Anakin and is like, it's not your fault. She says, there's nothing you could have done. Mm-hmm. And Anakin says something interesting. Anakin turned and somehow banished a haunted expression. If you are right, Jaina, then I'm doomed. I have to believe there is. So when there's a next time, Jason sat forward. You've been through your next time, Anakin. You saved Mara. Sure, Anakin says, right up to the point where you and Luke save me and her. Don't think I'm not grateful. I am. One corner of Anakin's mouth cocked itself into a grin. You got me halfway to an answer. I just have to get myself the rest of the way. So Anakin is obsessed with the fact that, like, I can't accept that there was no other way. Yeah. I have to believe that there was a way to save Chewbacca so that the next time I'm in a situation where it's life or death, I can choose life. and I can save 
my partner, my friend, whoever, which is a very interesting position for Anakin yeah, to be in. I like that. Anakin is obsessed with the fact that he was unable to save Chewbacca, which yes. is pretty great because Anakin Skywalker was obsessed with the fact that he was not able to save his mother. That's yeah. what drives him insane in trying to save Padme, ends up driving him to the dark side. Yeah. It's almost as if you shouldn't name your child after somebody <laughs> committed genocide and killed a bunch of kids. But the other funny thing is this book is being written before Attack Clones. of Clones. I know, it is. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like, because you get some of that in Phantom Menace, but mm-hmm. that really comes to the fore in Attack of the Clones and, and Revenge of the Sith. So it's kind of weird yeah. that these two stories are kind of paralleled, but they're going on at the same time without maybe knowing it. You have to think that they had some kind of privy to the to the knowledge of like where the prequel trilogy yeah. was going because it yeah. really like Anakin's journey ties in really well with Anakin Skywalker's journey. Yeah. Anakin Solo and Anakin Skywalker. Yep. Um so yeah, that was very interesting for Anakin. The next person is Jason Solo, Jedi Knight. Human male. He's um he's still flirting with the idea of leaving the Jedi behind. Yes. And doing his own thing. Um, he's very much in my mind, he's, the, he's the, the line from the last Jedi that the force does not belong to the Jedi. Oh man. He's You're speaking my, language. he's kind of what Luke is, has come to believe at the end of, or at the beginning of the last Jedi where, where, you know, this is the Jedi order is one way to do things maybe, but I don't know if it's the right way. And I certainly don't know if it's the right way for me. Yeah. He's kind of wanting to go off and do his own thing. But then this. You know, if things were normal, he could probably do that, but they have this invasion happening. So now he's torn between what he feels is right and what he wants to do with the Force and what his sense of duty tells him he should do and how he should stick with the Jedi and keep fighting and keep saving the galaxy when really all he wants to do is go off and become a hermit somewhere is what it seems like what he wants to do. So he's got an interesting story arc brewing here at the beginning of this series. There's um there's a point in the book where they're going to to Ithor, which is a very spiritual planet. The Ithorians are very spiritual. They're very in tune with nature, um, which is a through line throughout all Ithorian stuff because they show up in like uh, Knights of the Old Republic and stuff too. I kind of like their culture. So there's there's a point where the Jedi are going to Ithor to combat the the coming invasion from the Yuzhen Vong, but before they're allowed to to land on the planet the authorians have a custom where they have to you have to let something go um in like a in like a spiritual sense to set foot on the planet so that you're more in tune with the planet and more in tune with nature this is just like the tradition again it's kind of what we were talking about a couple weeks ago when jasmine was here about things we'd like to see back in canon so that we have this culture who is very much in tune with the force and in tune with nature but they're not jedi they don't follow the jedi teachings but they, they kind of have this connection to the Force in a, in a natural way. So they want everyone to leave something behind. So everyone's naming stuff. And Jason comes to the conclusion that he's like, I don't know. While everyone's talking, he's like, I don't know what. When it comes to me, I don't know what I'm going to give up. I don't know what it is. And then it like clicks for him. And he says, I'm just kind of paraphrasing. But he's like, I'm going to, I want, I'm going to give up my desire to know where I'm going to end up right mm-hmm. now my desire to know where this all ends for me right now and he's like i'm just going to try and live in the moment do what i need to do right now for the jedi and then worry about that afterwards and that's kind of what he gives up so 
we're going to see it, it it comes back up. I I well I know for a fact cuz I've read future books, but he very much leaves behind that uh, that battle that's going on in his head about wanting to be a Jedi and not wanting to be a Jedi. Yeah. to 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 focus on this invasion. So that's kind of his big moment in this book, I think. Yeah, Jason's really interesting. I mean, more than anybody even more than Anakin Solo, yeah. his journey kind of mirrors Anakin Skywalker's because he seems to be on a path that will eventually lead him to the dark side. He is fundamentally questioning the Jedi teachings. Um, there's a couple really good quotes in this conversation that happens between him and Jaina, his twin sister. Um, so here's a quote. I'll read this. You've always been looking beyond things, Jason. You always wonder if whatever you have is it. If it's all it could be. It's not a question of whether or not a mug is half full or half empty, but whether or not it's the right mug. Because the stuff in it is the appropriate stuff. She shrugged. Because you're smart and you're talented. You've always been able to blow past most problems and still function being concerned with these grander things. In fact, you roll over most problems without even thinking about them. Later she says... At first, you acted as if Jedi was synonymous synonymous <laughs> with hero. It isn't. Being a hero isn't what all these folks are here to do. They're here to do their jobs. So Jason wants to be a hero, mm. but questions the nature of what being a hero is. Yeah. And that's kind of where Jason's head is at. And again, this is where Stackpole really shines in this book i think oh, are yes. these are these kinds of discussions yeah i i really enjoy in this book you don't get really any of this in the films of no. two people fundamentally disagreeing on what the force is because that movie's not going to make money like you no. need you need <laughs> lightsaber really. fights like not you need, really. yeah that this is always going to be relegated to books which i'm fine with but like yeah, yeah. nobody's going to waste 10 minutes of screen time on two people talking about what the force is how it should be used right but that's what this book is full of. It's full mm -hmm. of Jason and Jaina, or Jason and Corin, mm -hmm. or Jaina and Annie, her yeah, like, friend they, that she yes. makes. Like, yeah. It's full of really good conversations about the Force. Uh, and what's really interesting, to go back to the very beginning of this book, is that Jason's read on the Force, and what he reads as the issue with the Jedi, is kind of what the uh what's his name shadow shadow shy shadow shy that's kind of what his issue with the jedi is so shadow shy in the very first chapter says these jedi they claim kinship with and mastery over life yet their emblem is a lightsaber a weapon that can destroy both life and abominable mechanicals with ease they set themselves as above and outside life using this mythical force to hide their wallowing in mechanistic blasphemy. This book is so speaking my language. I know. I love that. It's great. I love someone calling the Jedi out for being a symbol of peace, and yet their main symbol, how you know them, is their, is their weapon. Yes. I love it. Yes. That rules. It's, it's fantastic. So Jason, and it, it never makes this textual, never, Jason's like, I agree with the Yuzhan Vong, but <laughs> right. like you see earlier, the Yuzhan Vong feels this way 
which perfectly lines up with Jason's worldview of the Jedi. He is disturbed by oh, the fact dude. that the Jedi are reliant upon lightsabers. Is this the greatest series ever made? Because yes. I know I know yes. where Jason's story is going, and I know that I know my, my favorite book, Traitor. I, I have not read it. When we get to it, it's just like it all all of this stuff culminates, yeah. especially like Jason's idea of like the Yuzhen Vong and mm-hmm. like Jedi. It all culminates in that book, I think, and that's this is amazing. I love this series. Yeah, I'm really excited to get there. Yeah. Um, it's super cool. In so, like eight months from now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Okay. Jane is solo. Jedi Knight, Rogue Squadron Lieutenant. Let me just say human. real quick yeah. that I, I don't understand people who don't like what Star Wars is currently doing. Because we talk about how this storyline fits in so perfectly with the ideas of the Anakin Skywalker storyline. Right. Themes yeah. are themes just match perfectly in both of those. Where they're not... It's not a retelling of that story, but those themes are definitely there. Mm-hmm. And and I think that the same thing, the same exact thing is happening with Kylo Ren in these new movies. Oh, yeah. I've said before that I think that the, the sequels are kind of like a remake of the prequel movies more than a shot for shot remake of the original movies. Yeah. I think they're retelling Anakin's story through um, through Kylo. And, and again, there's... Star Wars is still so thematically consistent with what it's doing today to with what it did in 2002 in books and what it did in movies in 99. It's like, I love it. It's all, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Honestly, I make, I make fun of that line all the time. It's my favorite thing to make fun of, but, (laughs) but it's kind of true. Like Star Wars is about this stuff and it will always be about this stuff. Yeah. It will always be a success because it's about this stuff. Absolutely. What do you make of Jaina in this Jaina. series? Jaina. I liked it in the first book, but I'm kind of getting sick of the Sticks uh, yeah, nickname. Yeah, it's not so great. Because every time they call her Sticks, they have to say, they have to explain why they call her Sticks. Sticks. Now, they call her Sticks because, because she, she has uses... a stick in her lightsaber <laughs> yeah. and because a stick in her cockpit she uses to fly the X-Wing. Yeah. And it's like, it's a no, bit much. If you have to explain the nickname every time, it's not yeah. a good nickname. Like everyone knows why people call me Jay Sizzle. We don't need to explain. <laughs> you don't it need every to time. explain. It's very clear. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but aside from her nickname, I really mm-hmm. enjoy Jaina. She's proto Ray, yes, right? She's, she really is. She's the great pilot who's also force sensitive and a Jedi. Who's kind of like the moral compass that you can trust. Yeah, she's the optimist yes. of the group. Yes. Um, one of her friends dies during combat. Mm. Whose name is Annie. Which I didn't feel very well. Like, I didn't feel a connection to that because no. the first scene that Annie, which it was confusing to have Annie in there anyway because you've got Anakin and Okay, Annie. that's what I was going to say. That was very confusing. Why na- of all the names in the universe, the why name it a nickname for Anakin? Yes, not good. But the same scene that she shows up in in the book is the same scene she dies in in the audiobook. Yeah. So, because the audiobook is very abridged, and um, I it's didn't like have time to read the book. It's like double abridged. Yeah. That each one of it is like three hours, like hard limit, no longer than three hours it has to be three for hours. these books. If it's, so, a, if it's a 13 hour book, sorry, three <laughs> hours are. Yes. Yeah. That's all you get. So, Annie, the pilot, female pilot, does it describe her as a female pilot? She's yeah. not described not at all. Bad. Um, but she shows up in the same scene she dies in in the audiobook. So tell me, you read the book. Yes. Tell me about Annie. Why should I care that she died? Oh, there's no reason to care okay. about Annie. So it's just because she's Jaina just cares. like who is um Luke's guy in the back of his fighter in the beginning. Dak. Of Dak. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's just Dak. It's You're just, just sad when someone. A dies. guy in the back of uh Luke's 
cockpit on the battle of end uh not andor but yeah, hoth, um, yeah. hoth we care more about how it affects luke than we actually care about the character yeah, who died i guess but like luke's like oh no yeah, luke, Jack. luke just moves on jane is a little more sensitive about it and, and jane is bad. just like really sad because then anakin gets to reverse it on her and he gets to be the one to approach her and say it's not your fault remember what you were telling me about chewy right i'm gonna tell you the same things about this annie it's not your fault right and jane is like now on the other side she's like oh i understand what you're feeling and he's just cannon fodder she's somebody who dies who is uh, jana's friend i was picturing Paige tico in my head or no not Paige. i was picturing um rose no the uh, my favorite whose name i can't remember you're talking about tally tally justice for tally oh not tally hashtag justice for tally don't picture tally bombs away that's who i was alive forever in our hearts i know forever five Uh, ever in our hearts Uh, tally is so attractive so (laughs) well yes i was picturing tally while i was reading about annie talus and lystra (laughs) oh my goodness Anyway. Okay. Jaina, anything else exciting happened with her? She's just so happy to be in Rogue Squadron. She's loving being in Rogue Squadron. She's having a good time. One thing I will say that is going to be related to Jaina later. Yeah. We meet this Chiss squadron of fighters. Oh, yeah. That the Imperial Remnant has Uh that comes in. And they're they're run by um, Baron Suntir Fell is his name. This old Alderanian family, I believe, um, that was part of the Imperials. He was a Baron Fell was a, a an antagonist of the X Wing series. He would show up a lot. He was kind of in the Empire's Rogue Squadron, so they would always fight Rogue Squadron and this Imperial hundred eighty first Squadron. I think their name was not a true fan. Not five o first. No, five o first was like the troops. I think hundred eighty first was like the, the Air Squadron. That, that sounds like right. The, was the main thing. But anyway, his son. Uh, it shows up in this book, and him and Jaina might have a future together. Yes. Spoilers, but well, this hit, is this Jaina, is our first appearance of especially of, well, yes. Jaina and Gavin. Jaina, mm, Gavin's old and married, isn't he? Pretty sure Gavin has kids. I don't know. <laughs> Who are you talking about? I'm talking about the the leader of the Imperial Squadron that shows up and then like stays behind. Corin mentions. I thought. Gavin Darklighter and says he's super attractive and Jaina blushes and is like oh, that's I- possible I, that's not gonna go anywhere because I'm pretty sure Gavin that might just be because she's a 16 year old girl uh, blushing. Okay. but there nice. but there's someone named Jagged Fell Jagged Fell was yes. outside of my peripheral there. I don't even know if they say his name in this but he is someone so. but he's someone who stays um behind with the republic he's he's like a liaison between the empire uh, and the republic and he's, no, a, he's a really good pilot and him and jana jana no spoilers has, but currently jana has a crush on gavin dark yes she does have a crush but that's never going to go anywhere because i'm pretty sure he's married and has kids where the corin kind of pimps her out for this he's like yeah and then there's gavin super attractive obviously yeah corin right <laughs> and jana's like yeah i guess i am attracted to him and she's like well uh good because he's super hot Anyway, what's also annoying is Corin's wife, Mirax Tarek, is in this book, but she gets like no dialogue and she's like never there. All they do is mention her name. She's like, I'm the wife. She's infinitely cooler than Corin Horn (laughs) and like the X-Wing squadron. And she's relegated to like nothing in this book. So that's frustrating. Stackpole can't be bothered. No, he's got to talk too much about Corin Horn to talk about his wife. Leia Organa Solo. Yes, Leia. New Republic ambassador, human, female. 
Leia doesn't do much in this one either. Not so much. She's she, kind of yeah. She tries to help out the Jedi. She, her and the big, New Republic is like, no, we don't like Jedi anymore. No, her big moment is is talking with Paleon and and yes. orchestrating that whole alliance. Very um, cool moment where yeah. Leia goes to the Chimera. Yes, which is cool that it's so it's cool that it's so around, and she is able to successfully pitch Pelion on helping out the New Republic. Yes, so we which have, at first they like pull the fake where he's like, "Well, I don't think I can convince people to help," and then they sh- yeah. and then they show up later. You know, you got to have a trope. Yeah, like that. it's the old Han. <laughs> yes, it is very much that moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Han Mario moment. Han Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Wedge Antilles, Rogue Squadron General. Wedge Antilles, I love Wedge. Again, he's just around. He's, he's hanging just out. Around. He's doing fun stuff. Wedge. They mentioned Tycho Sel- Selku. I think is how the guy pronounced. It. I always thought it was Sel. <laughs> sure. I thought it was Selchu when I ever always read the books. But yeah, I guess the audiobook pronounced him Tycho Selku, who's like <laughs> who's like Wedge's right hand man in, yeah. in the book. So they're both kind of there, and they they both kind of there. They're both kind of there, and they're both kind of not doing anything. Yeah. Um, I like Wedge, but this is not his series. It's not his series. He but... he got his moment to shine in the X Wing series. Yeah. Um, Mara Jade Skywalker, Jedi Master, human female. Now you might know more about her in this book because she was not in the audiobook very much. She's she... not in the book a ton, but so she um is in the book uh really as just a counterbalance to Luke mm-hmm. as she often is. Yeah. And Mara is just so great because yes. Luke is just a stoic, boring son of a gun. She brings books. a little life to the She Jedi. brings a little life to the proceedings. And there's a really cool chapter that happens in the very beginning. Cool. I'm excited. Um, Luke is watching. So, like, Luke is sparring with Mara and Corrin Horn. Yeah, because Corrin got hurt in the last book, and Mara's still not 100%, so they're practicing. Yeah, and Mara, for some reason, is just sick. Yes. Who knows why? We'll find out about it eventually. But here's a little tribute to the strength of Michael Stackpole as a writer, in my opinion. Okay. As, he's, as, as Luke is watching Mara and Corrin spar together with lightsabers, Luke marveled at the complexity of the force flows around them. Is this a dramatic reading? I think so. Okay. Luke marveled at the complexity of the force flows around him. He had seen greater displays of the force years ago, before I understood the force's subtleties, and more fluid displays of swordsmanship. But the fight he witnessed here was altogether different. Mara and Korin, lifetime friends, each sought to push the other to the limit, and relied on guile and skill and strength to do it. They shifted from defense to attack, and through a myriad modes of each. The object was not to do damage, but to force the other person to prevent damage. What made it even more remarkable was that neither of them was in full good health. Mar had been battling a disease that sapped her strength and defied Luke's best efforts to help her. He knew things could have been worse. Of a hundred people diagnosed with the ailment, only she had survived. Her strength, he thought, in the forest had sustained her, and in combat she lets the force race through her. This is cool. good stuff. That's good stuff. Luke observing how the Force operates in his friends is fantastic. Yes. We don't see this in other forms of media. Especially especially since it was set up in the last book 
that she comes to the realization that the reason she's getting worse is because she's not relying on the force. Yeah. This disease that she's battling is taking over because she's just been resting and not doing everything. Yeah. And now she's like, I need to combat this the only way that I know how, the yeah. way that I was raised. I need to use the force. I need to combat it. And Mara's that's how a, I'll get better. Mara's a fighter. She needs to <clears throat> fight. Yes. yes. When she used the force to fight, she feels better. And like... One thing that happens in this early segment here is Corin pulls a kind of D-bag move and like... Shocked. Like, what did he say? Like, deignites? He like deactivates his deactivates lightsaber. Deactivates his lightsaber mid-fight. Yes. And throws off Mara. And this is considered... Very much a Ray move. Kind of like <laughs> a D-bag move. Yes. Yeah, like Ray does like, like in Ray, the fight yes. against the Praetorian Guards. Yes. And you think, oh, this is just all fun and games in this fighting match. Well, that ends up being what lets Corin win. Yes. Later in the book. This whole book is about how great Corin is. How great Corin is. <laughs> it unfortunately is. The Yuzhen Vong, the main bad guys, are about to attack Ithor, the one planet that has some kind of thing that can counteract their crab armor. Yes. And Corin so nobly is like, I will one on one fight. The leader of the Yuzhen Vong will yeah. duel one on one, and if I beat him, you guys leave Ithor. You don't defeat the planet. And to beat the Yuzhen Vong, he does this. I'm going to like let the Yuzhen Vong swing back his blade. I'm going to deignite my lightsaber, throw him off, and and yes. kill him. So it's all foreshadowing. It's all connected. It's all poetry, and it rhymes. It's all poetry. It all it all rhymes. It's, if it that's a cool moment, and if it had been anyone else in the book, I'd probably like it. <laughs> but the <laughs> fact that it's Cornhorn doing all this, I just can't like it. <laughs> yeah, it's not so great. Um, um, but it's a yeah. It's it's a shame that all of that is still put in a, a, a good light as far as the book goes because it's a stupid plan. <laughs> I don't yes. know why you should trust the Yuzhen Vong to, to hold to their word and not and not go back on their word. Um, yeah, it's it's a dumb plan, and he ends up killing the main bad guy. But it turns out. Like you cut off one head and like three more rise in its place with the Yuzhen Vong. It's like there's not a person that you can kill that's going to stop this. So it's kind of a flawed plan to begin with, but it's still put in such a light where like now he's a martyr. Thankfully, the the best part of this book is that it ends with him having to go off and like become a hermit, kind of. Yeah, that's good because he um he's taking the blame for this so nobly taking the blame. It's like the end of the Dark Knight. He's yes. the hero. Yes, we need another hero. We deserve <laughs> exactly. So he's going to be gone hopefully for a while. Ugh. And when he shows up, someone else will be writing him, so he might be tolerable. Yeah, let's hope. Um, one thing I don't love about this entire series. So the Jedi. Let, let, let's just kind of we'll, we'll finish this up here yeah I, it, it all ends by the way with the fact that yes Corrin in this in, in the Shadow or whatever duel but the Yuzhong Vong are a bunch of dongs and end up <laughs> they destroy the planet anyway destroying the planet of Ithor anyway which, which they don't destroy they um What's the word when you terraform? They like they terraform. They like terraform. They a pull planet. a general zod. Yes. yes, they terraform a planet where they they send this whatever diseases they have down there. It kills everything that's down there, and then something new grows in its place. The that Kryptonian they can classic. Yes, exactly. That's what we say. So that's what they do to Ithor. Yeah, they do. So 
what I don't love about this whole series, okay, and maybe you can help me to like this. We've talked about this before. Corin Horn is uh, not good at what he calls a TK, telekinesis. Yes, true. Altering people's uh, brains to see things. No, he can do that. He can't move things. With he, his oh, brain. okay. Yes. And this is something that affects Jason at some point in the book. The person he's chasing projects an image in yes. Jason's mind of the person escaping. So Jason chases some phantasm. And then he gets knocked from behind. He gets knocked from behind. They're actually behind him. It's like the Stranger Things season two girl. Yes. So what I don't like this. Okay. In the movies, which I consider to be the most canon of all canon. Yes, they are the canoniest. The canoniest of all canons. The force <laughs> is really referred to in, in vague terms. It's yeah. pretty purely emotional. It's like positivity beats out negativity. Mm-hmm. Nonviolence beats out violence. Hope beats out hate. Yes. But in this, in the books, especially this series, it's like, um, it's like a weapons triangle in a strategy RPG. We're like, yeah. axes beat swords. Lances beat axes. Mm-hmm. It's like um, this kind of force use beats TK. The Jedi can't use the force against the Yuzhan Vong, where they can use their force to sense the trees, which can sense yeah. the Yuzhan Vong. It's like there's a kryptonite weapons triangle kind of thing. It um it very much turns. I I made a note about that with Corin at one point that it he turns the force into a very video gamey thing in this yes. book. Um I will say that I think that's a stack pull thing. Um yeah. for as good as he is about talking in vague terms about the force, he also kind of video gamifies it a little bit. And I know specifically for Trader, mm-hmm. um which I I will never shut up about, I know. I can't wait to read it. It um it's it's one of those rare things where like I can build it up. And I'm not afraid that it's not going to like I'm very confident that you're going to like it. Oh, book. I'm sure. So um but the the it is not it is not video gamey in that book. That is a whole book of these little discussions we're mm. getting. It's just a full book of that, which yeah. is why I love it. Good. Um but I, I have a note in here, specifically the time that um they're talking about about they're about to go down to a planet there some weird planet I don't remember the name of. This is why we need Wikipedia in our CERN Pedal. It's not CERN Pedal. <laughs> I'll never forget CERN Pedal. Brilliant. Could be Debrillian. Could be it's like Gacker or something like that. I forget oh, what they yeah, say. Oh yeah, Gacker. It's Gacker or something weird like that. It's not a not fun to say. Um, but they're about to go down and and maybe get in a fight with some Vong. And Luke's worried that you know if they become the aggressors in this situation, then. That's not. That's going to lead the start leading the Jedi during down the wrong path. He does not want to become the aggressors in this invasion. Um, but Corin, he says like we should be okay. Like talking about going down to the planet and mm-hmm. attacking them. He's like we should be okay with the dark side as long as we don't slaughter innocents. That might push us over the edge. Probably won't be any, any innocent Vong anyway there. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like he's saying 
it's like a video game where like, well, if I kill these civilian characters, then I'm obviously going to be pushed over to the dark side. But as long as I I'll just fail like, the mission, if I'll I do fail that. the mission. <laughs> but as long as I like go around those civilians and just attack the guy holding them hostage, then we'll be okay. And it's just like, yeah. no, it, I don't like that weird law, that weird video game. Like logic. there is a point system. Right. There is like no the good place. Right. Like the good place. <laughs> it's not like the good place. Oh, man. Which is a good show. Good show, please. But that's not how I want the Jedi to be, that you're accruing yeah. light side and dark side, even though it's how video games have always been, because that's yeah. kind of what you have to do in a video game, because these more subtle aspects don't really work in that setting. But for a book, it doesn't have to be where, oh, I'll get light side points for doing this action and dark side points, and then it'll even out. It'll be fine. So that that I, I can't really help you get over that, because I kind of feel the same way. Yeah. Well, what do you think of this book? <laughs> I I recommend every book in this series. Yeah, so far. I, I loved have not, it. I have not read one that I haven't enjoyed. I loved it. I thought it was really great. Uh, the dialogue is not fantastic. No, there is, but it's not like there's a couple points that might take you out of it. But overall, it's not going to be the focus of like, oh, this is bad. The 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 worst part. Did I read the Han Solo thing? Yes, talking okay. about himself. Me, yeah, Han yeah, yeah. Solo. Me, Han Solo. Character in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> like th- that's the issue that I have with Michael Stackpole. Yes. Is, is he like gives up and just like breaks all subtext and it's just like yes. I'm going to reference my role in this story <laughs> and what the desirable outcome is. Like it just it, he kind of gives up, I think, yes. sometimes. But in general, if you are interested in books about the Force and you want to just like see two trained Jedi debating on how the Force should be used and what the merits of light and dark are, this yeah. is this is the stuff. This is a series and for it's, you. It's really excitingly written too. Like, and it's, it's with a cool backdrop of this invasion where things are going to go bad if they don't get their stuff together. Good backdrop and it also really feels in line with Luke's trajectory in The Last Jedi. Like yeah. you can headcanon this and be like, this is what leads Luke to Absolutely. isolate himself on ahsoka what's that planet called uh octo octo <laughs> if um yeah if like if something like mara jade died at the end of this series oh my god and then i could totally see luke going off and becoming hermit luke yeah. and i'm gonna shut myself off from the yes. forest i'm gonna do what jason did and i'm yep. gonna really get back to the roots of the jedi and mm-hmm. like this weirdly all feels like you're leading to the last jedi it does. even though it jason does. jana and anakin aren't canon yeah these all of the lore contained within was definitely a factor in the story group and Ryan Johnson leading to the last Jedi. The new new Disney Star Wars is still a hundred percent being influenced by what has come before. A hundred percent. They might have officially taken these things out of canon, but but that that cute little felony line there's always a little truth in le- legends. Yep. That is a hundred percent Disney's philosophy, where they're like, if there's something good, which there was a lot of good in this legend stuff, if there's something good, we will bring it back in some way. It may not be exactly what it was, mm-hmm. but it's going to be there. Yeah, and uh, it's just a good book. I mean, yeah. compared to what we're getting in like new canon. Yeah. This is kind of better than it anything is. we have. I, I agree. And I like New Canada a ton. I do too. 
I love the Aftermath I'm, series. I love Claudia Gray stuff. I'm excited for Master and Apprentice because that, that yes. might be the first time where we can get something like that. But reading... The I'm dis- liking the idea of Alphabet Squadron. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, reading a little bit of the description of what Master and Apprentice is made me a little more wary because it seems like it is more a fun adventure that yeah. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan go on. Yeah, definitely. I'm still totally on board for a fun Feels adventure. Feels like a uh, but Jedi Apprentice book. It, it does kind it of. Does. It kind of reads like a Jedi Apprentice yeah. book. Yeah. So I've we'll already have to bring got Isaac it, back for that episode. I've already got it pre-ordered, so I'm gonna read oh, it, and I'm sure 100%. I'll like. I'm sure I'll like it, but uh, yeah, it, it's. I don't think it's. I don't think it's gonna be this. Is enemy of the show Mark Thompson gonna narrate? It? Uh, I'm sure he will. I didn't think about that. Oh no! Crap! I might have to cancel that and just pre-order the actual <laughs> book. Well, guys. Uh, I don't know what this even was. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it made sense. I think sense. I hosted, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what this was, guys. <laughs> I hope it made sense. <laughs> no, this was good. I I like talking about it with you. My this friend. is fun. This is a little more structured than we usually do. Maybe that's what Whoa, we'll be now. Oh, two people, you can have a structure. I guess so. Not that it was anybody else's fault on the show, but. But suck it, Jasmine and Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it in. Leave it in. We're still friends That's with everybody, so actually we can leave it in. Yeah, we can. We're actually still friends. Yeah, um, friends. So anyway, shout out to Isaac and Jasmine. Hope to see you again someday. I'm sure we will. This has been delicately curated, <laughs> long form discussion. Oh wait, what's your rating? How many? Uh, Ooh. How many? Verdun crabs <laughs> out of Villips do you give this? Verdun crab armors. I'm yeah. gonna say on a scale of one to eight i give this a solid six. Oh, that's that's not oh okay wait a minute yeah one to eight solid I give it six. A six out of eight i'd uh, probably give it an eight out of ten so we're about we're about the same yeah yeah, yeah. i mean because i think i want to leave room for that perfect ten in trader yes there, i'm yeah. assuming will happen this is well no this alone any book with Cornhorn this focused on this much will never be a perfect ten for me. Yeah, and but even though it focused on like my least favorite Star Wars character ever, <laughs> yes, I loved it. It's still a good book. It's great. It's still a really good book. So we recommend you go get it. It got a six out of eight and an eight out of ten, respectively, for us. You do the math. You do the math. Um, this has been delicately curated, long form <laughs> discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga. Our room has gotten very dark in the last ten minutes. Real dark. In the last ten minutes, it got dark. Yeah. Uh, brought to you lovingly in weekly increments by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your hosts, Riley, Jake, Romantic Mood Lighting. And that's it. Just that's the it. two of us. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You, you and I. Bye. <laughs> The, uh, the Twi'lek Jedi is in here. I was going to try and look up her name, but she's not in the Dramatis Personae. Dredge. Yeah, it was like some weird... Dreshardi try. Yeah, I think that was it. Dreshardi try. <laughs> it's... Oh my gosh, what is it? Because it's one of those it. Twi'lek names where it's like three or four it letters said, and then an apostrophe and then... so many times yes. in the book. It, that's yes. one of my complaints about this book. I can't wait to talk about her. Name. Okay. <laughs> There's this character, she's a Twi'lek, and the guy reading this book, which was probably recorded in like 2004, 
Like yeah. the quality sounds like it was from 2004, and that's when the books came out. So that's probably when they did the audiobook. But he reads her voice. She's a Twi'lek. He reads her accent like sounds it sounds like, like Orson Welles. He sounds exactly like Wakanda. At the far end of the line, Deshara Kor looped one leku back over her shoulder. I renounce hatred. The description of the Yuzhang Vang taking slaves made me hate them as I hated those who had enslaved my mother. That hatred made me do stupid things. No more. I will stop the Yuzhang Vang because they must be stopped. But I will not hate them. Jason listened to each Jedi in turn, less trying to understand their... I haven't had a new fan follow me in a while so on, on Twitter, so I'm just going to say this right now for the bloopers. Follow at Riley Bowman on Twitter. <laughs> I need a new fan to follow. Oh, wait. No, it's Riles Bowman. <laughs> I better give you the right one. <laughs> we have new fans follow our like podcast feed all the time. Yeah, but no one follows me specifically. I want <laughs> yeah. someone to follow me. You don't tweet a lot, buddy. Please, I know. That, does, that means I won't clog You're up your feed. Tweeting. I'm double tweeting right now. I won't clog up your feed. Double tweeting. (laughs) Riley's so cool. Follow at Riles Bowman. I won't clog up your feed with dumb stuff because I barely tweet. I just want a new follower. It'll make me feel good. Thanks. (laughs) Dramatis Personae or Personae. Dramatis Personae. Please, again, follow me at Riles Bowman on Twitter and let me know how to say Dramatis Personae. Cut, cut, cut. (laughs) I'm the editor. I don't cut nothing. Okay.